So in this episode, we wanted to talk about heart motivations in regards to missions. Now, Vicki and I have lived this ourselves um, from the very beginning of our journeys, and I, you could say we're still always living this. Yeah, this is asking ourselves, why do I want to go overseas? Why do I want to be a missionary? What's inside motivating me? These are super hard questions to deal with because we really know that our motivations in life are rarely 100% pure. They're not one thing. They're a mixture of different things. But it's actually worth looking at for some specific reasons. Right. It's worth examining. And so, for example, let's just take an example. Why did I want to get married? Why did I want to marry Vicki? Because um, you love me. Because I loved you. <laughs> because I wanted a close partner in life, right? Because I wanted to do life with Vicky. Because I didn't want to be alone, right? There was a, I did, I, that wouldn't have been the answer I would have given at the altar, but I didn't want to be alone, maybe. I, did, I, I didn't want to do life by myself. Uh, why did I marry Vicky? Because I, I had needs, physical, emotional, relational. Um, I'll tell you, I was. I remember thinking I didn't want to live in the Middle East as a single man, male. <laughs> that had its ramifications, um, and so we could just keep ask. We could keep examining that and find out there are so many reasons why I wanted to get married. And yes, what is the one I told her? Because I have fallen in love with you, and and that is true. What about you, Vicky? Well, yeah, there's lots of reasons that I got married. I mean, because I loved you, because I enjoyed spending time with you, because you made me feel like I wanted to be a better person, and I felt significant and seen and heard and loved. Um, I wanted to share life with someone. I wanted the fulfillment of being married. Now, some of these motivations were probably not great motivations. They're selfish, some of them. Right, which is totally normal. But they were there. They were there, and as long as you know that. And so so when we ask, why did we want to move overseas, uh, you could say, well, for the glory of God. And that that's the answer we often give when we're sharing with others. We wanted to see unreached peoples come to the Lord. Um, But we also, I I can say, I wanted to be immersed in a foreign culture. I really had a desire to learn a foreign language and to learn it well. What's another reason? Well, we wanted to continue engaging cross-culturally like we had here in our hometown. Um, Another reason, I mean, this is just being honest because it was something I needed to examine, and and it's helpful is that I wanted to get out of sort of this boring, mostly monocultural environment that I had in my life and my city. You know, like you wanted to leave your city. Yes, I did. I really, I wanted to go and see the world. And I loved different cultures. I wanted to to go where others were unwilling to go and attempt something for God that others uh, hadn't been willing to go or or wanting to go. And, of course, I wanted to please God. But, to be quite honest, there were in ways I wanted to please myself as well. There were things I wanted to do. And so there's the mixture right in there. Yes, there's definitely a mixture. I had a mixture as well. And I think part of it had to do with the way that I 
thought about God, having a real works-based mentality, thinking that God would love me the most Mm. if I did a great sacrificial thing for Him. So wow. there was a, a real disordering. Boy, that one set you up, did it? That set me up for some <laughs> some real um, issues that, I mean, it wasn't my only motivation. And those but. are the expectations. You see, when you if you go out with, and that's what we mean by heart motivations. Why are you going? What expectations do you have for why you're going? And that's important. Something foundational in this topic is that every single one of us does have a desire to contribute to the world, to do something purposeful. But we have to remember that our ultimate significance and purpose is found in our relationship with God. Exactly. It is not in accomplishing something for Him. Which, as you can tell by some of my motivation that I just shared a minute ago, I was set up for um, some real challenges um, based on my motivation, not being... Uh, primarily about my walk with Christ Himself, right? And you were un—it's so I was simple. unaware. You were unaware, and I had my expectations of what are things I wanted to accomplish, and Vicky had hers. And it seems like when you're young, you know, people that are heading out—that's why we're talking about this now—is we don't want you to get so much into your head, you psych yourself out. But it is very helpful to talk to someone about these things and and to be open and honest and teachable as, as you can. So a desire to be used by God is good. A desire to use our giftings and our talents to please Him and to serve His kingdom is good. Um, the key is to never allow our work or these accomplishments, these goals, to become more important than God Himself, uh, to more more important than that relationship with Him. If we do this, then our loves are out of order. That's what we call that, a disordered love. And this is when we get into trouble. Yes, I mean, there, there are many um, sermons on this. Keller has a sermon on it that's based on Augustine's um, essay on disordered loves. And it's not that the thing that, that you love is incorrect. It's that it's in the wrong order. Getting yeah. our loves in the correct order is so important, and it can impact why we do things, decisions regarding where we go. I mean, I'll just give you a simple example. Um, if I had the desire, if part of my motivation in going overseas was to do a radical thing for God that I might please Him and and He would love me, mm. then... I may make a decision to go visit someone or spend time with someone or pursue a certain activity to just so that God would love me. Yeah. And it 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 clouds my judgment as to whether the Lord really wants me to do that thing. I'm I'm yeah, inclined to do it and be very driven. I mean, we've talked about actually in our book that that we've seen and we've lived this truth that the devil drives and the spirit leads. Exactly. And when you have a disordered love, it is easy to be very driven. Driven. And you you can tell when you're driven, nothing can stop you. <laughs> you can march right over yourself. You don't take care of yourself, your family, your kids. 
Um, if we're unaware that even the great, great goals, good goals, and great efforts that uh, are driving us, if we're unaware that they're driving us too hard, too fast, maybe the pace, uh, or they're causing us to drag our families, um, then we're, we're headed for trouble. I mean, I've, we've seen examples of this throughout our time in, in visiting people in different places and living abroad as well, that if you have someone whose goal is to get a to plant a church to learn this language to stay here at whatever cost at whatever cost then you see them making decisions that can be harmful yep. to their family yeah. or to a local person using local people as pawns to try to get this church planted as opposed to loving the person you can tell when the yeah the mission becomes the most important thing, and you can, and you don't have to be married with family. You your body, your psyche can be so troubled. You can wear yourself out if you're so set on achieving this goal for whatever reason. Um, you just sort of march over yourself and others. So you make decisions not to. Um, rest. You make decisions not to um, take care of things like eating healthy or other things that God yeah. has given us. Taking breaks, having grace for yourself. Having because grace being, for other people because, because you're, you're driven. driven. That's right. Well, and you tend to drive over others. Oh, absolutely. And that nothing could be worse than to have somebody who is in a leadership role, a team leader or someone, but even just a father, a husband that is being driven in his work. It's very unhealthy. And Okay, so as we think about some reasons that are not good reasons yeah. to go into overseas mission work, some unhealthy reasons to become missionaries and to move overseas. And these, I will say, you probably have some of them. Yeah, that's what we're saying. It's mixed. And uh, Tim Keller has a book about idols of the heart. Um, doing something amazing, but doing it to prove something to like you, like Vicky, you said to please God to do something that will finally convince you that your life is important and that God loves you. Um, maybe you're trying to prove something. Um, I, I've, I actually have heard people confess to me, you know, their family was so against what they were doing, but it turns out. That they wanted to prove something. They wanted to prove something to their family or their father, but it had been going on for years, and this was just the latest thing they wanted to prove. And what a what a detrimental thing that can be to, to leave and move over to another country. Such a burden that can affect your decision yeah. making. Well, and then the results of it, if if when it do, if it doesn't work out, and the pressure that you put on yourself and others. Well, I think that can even be you can even see that in some books about missions um, to to go and to, you know, don't waste your life kind yeah, of thing. Right. Do something that's really important. Well, well, if God's called you, it is important um, for you to go. But you know what? God has also called people who are walking a life in other places, in their country right. of origin, 
living a more quiet life that God has called them to. And that is equally as glorifying to God. You don't have to go do something that might seem radical or amazing. In order to spend your life well. Right. And there are many ways, we'll probably talk about it in later, uh, the idea that every one of us needs to make some contribution to God's mission to the nations. And we always say that can mean prayer, that can mean sending, that can mean engaging the nations right here. But sometimes we think of mission work and as the ultimate commitment. And, you know... Yeah, that's kind of where... Where the, I was in my younger years until the Lord showed me that. Dangerous place. Um, because, you know, the idea that, yeah, I'm just a Christian, you know, um, and then, well, if you go work in ministry or church or some kind of ministry, well, then you're, you're really in the army. You know, you're in, the, you're in God's forces. And then if you're, you really want to be a missionary, well, then you're, you're sort of the Navy SEAL, the commando. And that no, no, I would say you're a marine, and then if you actually learn the language and acculturate and get <laughs> okay. deep in, then right. you're like you're a, you know, SEAL Team Six. I don't know. I don't know, but these are dangerous thinking because that's the pressure right there that you're putting on yourself, and a person who thinks that they are a Navy SEAL for God can imagine living with that person or working underneath that person, and and the, that's a dangerous thing. Um, <clears throat> We've seen an unhealthy distinction between the spiritual and the secular. Yeah, we'll have a whole. We're going to talk about that podcast on yeah. that the the theology of work. The idea that if you know I'm going into spiritual work, I don't want to waste my time doing um, something. Well, tell factory. tell them what that. Yeah, I mean, I I remember that guy said to you. I was an English teacher, and I have been an English teacher in teaching English as a second language. And I remember I was teaching at the university in the country I lived, and that was not only my presence, but it was my platform, but it was also my life, and it was the way I engaged the culture and my community and served them and built friendships. And I remember this this other worker, you know, when I told him I was an English teacher at school, he said, "Oh, that's neat that you." This is another wanted, missionary. Yeah, that he wanted. That's neat that you wanted to do that, um, because I came over here to share Jesus with these people, you know. And I, I said, "Can I punch you in the mouth?" And he was like, "What?" I said, "Did you hear what you just said? You basically, you know, oh, that's great. You can just go teach English, um, and I'm just here to do the important work." Yes, that's, that's right. And that that's a whole other topic, but it's a it's a dangerous thing to fall into. And that too can be something that can drives you. Um, what are yeah, other- I mean, in that case, then when I was educating our kids and doing laundry and all of that, all <laughs> if you think that way, that that was just you know a waste of time. But I feel like my life was very significant. Yeah, like I remember some women asked you, "What is your primary ministry here in this country?" And then you said. Uh, well, my first, the first, my first priority is to be a wife and a mother, and then you know there were some other things, areas of ministry that I was involved in, and one of them, who was the head of a huge organization in the country, said to, she started laughing and said, ah, "You've got to be kidding." Yeah, you want mother, being a mother and a housekeeper as a priority as a, yeah that can't be your primary ministry and um yeah that's that, sometimes you can hear that type of language when you're overseas and sometimes there's an idealism 
uh, a kind of a romanticized view of missions. We've talked about that, that we read too many biographies, and I am bringing the gospel to the lost. And that can set in your mind that that's your goal, to be like that guy in that book. Well, and and usually in books, there's they're telling partial stories. Oh, they're yeah. not telling, no. you know, how challenging it was to work with the person or their own personal struggles or what things kind of like that. What husband they were. Yeah, exactly. Um, other bad reasons, you know, just spiritual pride, um, feeling pretty self-righteous about yourself, that you're, you're finally getting out of this uh, horrible country or culture. Um, some people, we've seen families who just can't wait to get overseas so they can sort of be away from all the horrible things in America and media and television and the, the sins of, and, you, and they just want to run off and go live somewhere where they think they can raise their children and their family in a more quiet environment. And, you know, that they can find out very quickly that moving overseas and living over there uh, is, is, is not, a, not that glorious. And it can be very, very hard. Um, and you get into trouble if you've gone over there for the wrong reason. Sometimes you're trying to escape something. I, I said, like, I wanted to get out of my, you know, I tasted a little bit of a little bit of a cultures and I just wanted to say, oh, I'm so tired of my, um, vanilla culture here. I want to go live in another place. And so, or, but sometimes you're just stuck. You know, I've heard, I've said to people, I, I have a, I'm famous for saying sometimes you're like stuck spiritually or with your family and then you're just like, you know what we need to do? We just need to sell our house and we just need to sell the cars, cash it all in and just go give our, ourselves to God and his work overseas. And, and I'm like, well, maybe what you need to do is, you know, yeah, maybe you need to sell this big house and, and, and downsize. Maybe you need to. Uh, but moving overseas is not going to be the catalyst for the answer to your issues. Maybe you need to break some of your habits and, you know, cancel your Netflix subscription and, and join a gym and start engaging with people in your community. But sometimes we like, we'd rather just hit the eject button. Sort of a radical break. I can do this. Yes. I think our culture tends to do that a lot. Right. Um, So some, let's see. I also, I had, um, this uh, heart motivation checklist of just a few things that I was going to read. Um, the first thing is... This is from our book, yeah. Keep God's view of us from His Word before us each day. So we want to be checking our heart with the Word of God. Pray for God to search our hearts and reveal wrong thinking. Submit ourselves to older, wiser people and seek their honest input. Mm. Ask friends to keep a watch out for spiritual pride in us and be willing to speak to us. Give them permission. Remember that worth value is not based on location or vocation in the eyes of God. Periodically reevaluate what we're doing and what's driving us. Make it our goal to serve and empower other people, not for ourselves to advance, but to serve and empower others, and open our lives up to those gifted in counseling as needed. Yeah, sometimes it's in a counselor. But it's being open and being willing to be honest. 
you know, I know when I used to write newsletters, I would often have Vicky look at it, and if she if she whiffed anything in it that sounded a little too um, super spiritual or, um, yeah, over spiritualizing something and not being open and honest, Vicky would say, I, I, "Be careful with that." And and you need honest friends to tell you, like when you're that sounds a little bit like you're going, you're heading off to do something really the real work and I guess we're just here to hold the line for you and and, and you need friends to and do that, that is devaluing of of the lives of others right. and what God has called them to do so good reasons for going into mission work um, one good reason you love developing cross-cultural friendships and you want to keep doing what you've been doing here at home uh, you'd like to keep on using your profession that you've been using your profession to serve people, but to do it in a place less reached, a place with less resources. I think it's always good when people are doing something here and learn and doing it well, and then saying, I want to take this same thing and just go overseas with it. I'm not going to start something brand new. Um, how about you recognize the imbalance of resources, the that some places have less gospel access and you want to share the res- your resources, your talents, your um, experience, and give them a chance to hear. That's, That's right. a good reason That's to want to reason. go. You know, you know, we don't talk about this a lot because there's so many books and so much material on this. But yes, God is on a mission to gather worshipers from every tongue and tribe. And you want to make your contribution to his mission and putting yourself in a place where you can do that. Um, that, that those are good reasons. Um but as we said, just the key here, I guess, we've got a couple of things we wanted to say in conclusion, because this we're trying to make this short. This is a huge topic. But basically, with wrong motivations, um, this kind of work, moving yourself or your family over to a place, a totally new culture, um, sort of setting yourself up to, you know, it, it can be a very stressful thing because you're trying to prove something to yourself, your church, to God, to your family. And this kind of work can be a horrible tyrant. With the wrong motivations. Yeah. And it can destroy you and your relationships. And the reason we use tyrant is why do we find people just crumbling that have been living overseas for a time or something? There. Well, talk to some missionary kids or third culture kids. Mm. And get some of their stories, and you'll see the results of some decisions. Or a marriage coming apart. And it's usually because there is a, a goal that is not being reached. And there was a standard set up. And there was something they were trying to achieve or prove. And that spouse was in the way. Or they were in the way. They just couldn't achieve it, and it... It can break people apart. Yeah, I think that the disappointment that one can find in themselves, the disillusionment of who they are when they thought that they were going to be able to go and do this thing can attack their faith, their personal mental health as well. Overwhelming revelation. We're not saying that you don't have incorrect motivations, but it's just something to examine before the Lord and ask Him to show you so that you can be aware. 
it just will it will help you. Yeah, have some friends who ask you the honest questions. Why do you want to go? And then they, you start giving all the verses from the Bible, and you say, "Okay, what are some other reasons <laughs> that you would that you're going?" And you're like, "Well, are there other reasons?" So what we're saying is that with humble and honest understanding of motivations, that there is a mixture. With healthy input from others, now these are going to have to be close friends and. You know, people, maybe a pastor at a church, maybe your closest friends, maybe a counselor. You're like, wait a minute, I need counseling? I haven't even gone on the field yet. <laughs> Absolutely. So you need input from others. Then we think you can make some good, better decisions. You can make sound decisions when you're open and humbly listening. And you can go over and be effective, you know, in your endeavors. And you can find working and living overseas to really be an extremely fulfilling thing. So we don't want to lay it out and say, oh, everybody's got mixed motivations and you're all going to crash. We're, no. No. If you're aware that. of your mixed motivations, yeah. you're less likely to crash. Well, and we found ourselves every few years, or I don't know how long it would take, and sometimes you'd sit down and realize, why am I such a difficult person to live here? Or why am I feeling so pressured? To live with? Yeah, that I'm having such a hard time living here, or you're seeing me become quite a bear to live with or you're you feeling overwhelmed what is it when you find out it's often wrong thinking yep wrong expectations which then you can take to the lord and yeah. he can bring healing and he can bring health to that and Regroup. help reorient you yes. in the right direction we have seen many a people could end up overseas for the wrong reasons and get corrected and and stay and be healthy. Yes. But we're just talking in case you're you're heading over there or in case you're already there. Um, it's very healthy to examine your motivations. So thanks for being with us here today. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.